Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There are a crap ton of primaries today. I don't know if that's the technical term, but but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that. You've got Arizona, Michigan, Missouri. Oh, that's a lot of Trump-supported this, that, and the other. That's out there. And speaking of Trump, he made himself the story. Hello. Hey, sir. Talking about your your post there that, well, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because you, uh... I don't know. Were you were you were you trying to be too cute by half? Was that the was that the plan? Because you, uh, I I think you looked kind of silly in this one. You kind of stepped in it a, a little bit. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, eight three three got Tony eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. That's the number. In Missouri, there is a Senate race. You've got a guy by the name of Eric Schmidt that I don't know too much about, admittedly. And you have Eric Greitens. He's the former governor. He's the guy who had to resign in disgrace. His ads uh, running for Senate this year are a disgrace. He's a mess. He's an absolute mess of a guy. Don't ask me to uh, be like, well, he's a fighter. No, He's a putz. I want to make sure that I am clear. I think Eric Greitens is a putz. I am absolutely not alone in this. Bad guy. Dumb guy. Not somebody who should be in the Senate guy. Trump puts out a statement. The statement reads, there is a big election in the great state of Missouri, and we must send a MAGA champion. That's Make America Great Again, people. A MAGA champion, a true warrior to the U.S. Senate. Someone who will fight for border security, election integrity, our military, and great veterans, together with having a powerful toughness on crime and the border. I honestly, I'm going to have to come up with my, like, I, that needs background music, right? Like that, that's what that needs. There we go. That'll work. There's a big election in the great state of Missouri. And we must send a MAGA champion and true warrior to the U.S. Senate. Someone who will fight for border security, election integrity, our military, and great veterans, together with having a powerful toughness on crime and the border. We need a person who will not back down to the radical left lunatics who are destroying our country. I trust the great people of Missouri on this one to make up their own minds, much as they did when they gave me landslide victories in 2016 and 2020 elections. And I am therefore proud to announce that Eric has my complete and total endorsement. Which Eric? Now, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. 
he, he when he says, you know, I trust the people of Missouri to make up their minds, you know, he doesn't care who. He's just he's just saying, Eric, he's he's not really making an endorsement. Whoever wins, that's the guy he meant, and that's the way it is. That's why I said too cute by half. So both Eric's are then taking this and like, yep, thanks for the endorsement. Thanks for the endorsement. And then you have people like Kimberly Guilfoyle jumping in saying Eric Greitens, this, this yutz, is the MAGA candidate. I, I am, can I say for the record that, that they, they should lead good and happy lives? I am unimpressed with Donald Trump Jr. I am unimpressed with Kimberly Guilfoyle. Not impressed at all. Want them to be happy. Uh, too many swings and misses for me from, from, from these two. Greitens is a terrible choice. Greitens doesn't win. And there's a big question that's going to be asked about, okay, let's, let's take a look at your primary victories, and now how does that match up to general election victories? I mean, there's a whole conversation about you've got Dr. Oz in, in, in Florida, not in Florida, in Pennsylvania, barely squeaks through the primary and according to some sources completely non-existent in this general against a guy named Fetterman who's a it's a weirdo dude man weird looking weird acting dude had a stroke isn't even back on the campaign trail is dude he's odd and and uh Oz is is, is nowhere to be found according to a multiplicity of sources. Now, this isn't the only primary going on. You got a Michigan primary where you've got like seven Republicans. No, you had seven Republicans running for the primary, uh, but two of them or three of them got kicked out uh, of the running. Then you have the governor, the gubernatorial primary, uh, and and you've got uh, Lake versus Robson there. Um, this is uh, Carrie Lake, who is, of course, endorsed uh, by, by Trump. And she's up, according to the polling, in, in the Real Clear Politics average, 9.3. I'll tell you what, she's, she is not afraid to punch. Does, she doesn't care. Does not care at all. She's happy to punch, proud to punch, wants to punch, watch me punch, here I go punching. So these are primaries that uh, we'll be watching. We'll be taking a look at how these play out and where the opportunities uh, come from this. Now, this all leads us to what do we think is going to take place in November? And, and I got to say, I mean, the question I get asked more than anything else, is DeSantis going to run? Is Trump going to run? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what DeSantis is going to do. I don't know what Trump is going to do. I assume they're both going to run. But can we discuss how that doesn't matter right now? Doesn't matter at all. What matters is that Republicans win, or conservatives win, we should say, in 2022. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. 
people are forgetting that these midterms are around the corner and they're not a done deal. They are absolutely forgetting that they have not solved the problem of taking back the House or the Senate. That's what matters. Focusing on 2024 is as ridiculous as the day is long. Because we're not there. We don't know. And honestly, I am not interested in a society that's all Trump all the time. Let's win all of the victories possible so we can get a tremendous number of things done. That would be my argument. That, I think that's a rational argument, a reasonable argument, which means stop focusing on the whole Trump-DeSantis thing and focus on your local races, whether it be school board, whether it be mayor, whether it be uh, city council, governor, senator, congressman, state stuff, all of that. I mean, that's that's the stuff to focus on. That's where I'm focused on. I am also keeping an eye on what's going on with the speaker. Nancy Pelosi is in Taiwan. Oh, they didn't want her to go to Taiwan. Oh, uh, the Biden administration told her not to go. People are angry. China is very unhappy. China is very unhappy. And according to some sources, uh, 21 Chinese military aircraft have entered Taiwan Air Defense uh, ID Zone. This according to the Ministry of National Defense. Okay. There are four U.S. warships positioned east of Taiwan. China made clear that they were going to throw a temper tantrum if Pelosi showed up. Pelosi's here. Pelosi's statement is like, hey, we're not, we're not talking about Taiwan independence. Oh, no, 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 no. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs for China... Um, accusing uh, Pelosi of undermining U.S.-China relations and encouraging the separatist forces of Taiwan independence. Uh, No, yeah, maybe, sure. You still don't get to threaten uh, American citizens. This is a serious violation of the One China Principle and the provisions of the three China-U.S. joint communiques. It has severe impact on the political foundation of China-U.S. relations and seriously infringes upon China's sovereignty and territorial integrity. There is but one China in the world. Taiwan is an inalienable part of China's territory, and the government of the People of the Republic of China is the sole legal government representing the whole of China. Okay. I think it's a nice... A nice take, a, ni- a nice, uh, uh, you always like to talk about respect. Here's a conversation about respect. You threaten to shoot down a U.S. official. We respond with unkind force. Your move. Failure to respect, we'll use their terminologies. Failure to respect American diplomats and American elected officials in a free nation has a severe impact on the political foundation of U.S.-China relations and seriously infringes upon the United States' sovereignty and territorial integrity. A response must come, will come, and will be felt by China. They will learn their place. That's a good statement. 
That's a good statement. Do me a favor. Print it. Put it out. How am I not in charge? My gosh, it's unbelievable. Some people are very angry that, that she went to Taiwan. I'm, I'm not. I'm only angry that, the, that China thinks they can threaten us and we say nothing. I have to keep listening to these communists talk to me about respect and decency. They're communists. They're liars. They're frauds. They're murderers. They're scumbags. They're not decent people. Why do I have to keep listening to this jibber-jabber, blah, 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 blah? You threatened Pelosi. I don't like Pelosi, but you don't get to threaten her. Now you suffer. Now you suffer. That should be the only answer. I have got much more to get into, including, oh, oh, I got a tweet. I got, I got a super woke tweet. I will share it with you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So I got this tweet. And, you know, it's, it's not every day I talk about Twitter. I mean, Twitter is a, a dumpster fire. We know this. But this one was special because this one was such the, 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 the low-hanging fruit, such the pathetic, that it, 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 took, it got a special place in my heart. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyCats.com. And the question that was asked was, was based on a, on a tweet uh, about some wokeness going on in, in schools. Um, choose one word below and circle it. And the words, this is a school assignment, the words were visibility, pride, activism, and inclusivity. Oh, holy hell. That, that's... That is not an assignment. And so the person circled pride or a kid. And what do you think of when you think of this word? I think of awareness of being proud of who you are. What can we do, capital D-O, do in order to embody this word for the LGBTQIA plus community? And then they, the kid's drawing a picture and Whatever. And somebody uh, said, nothing to see here, just your average English, English class. And this the, they, they wrote, doing an, an activism activity, uh, even though they should be, I don't know, learning to read. A lot of activism. And that certainly seems like activism. And somebody wrote and, and, and said, uh, so, so what is, here it is, what are you going to do when a child of yours decides to be gay? This is a tweet. That, that, that was sent to me. What are you going to do when a child of yours decides to be gay? Hashtag LGBTQ. First, if, if I've learned anything from, I don't know, listening, uh, you don't decide you were born that way. How dare you, you bigot? But what a remarkable thing to think this is about being gay versus what's being taught in a classroom. The argument is not about being gay. The argument is about the idea of wokeness in the classroom and how it is pushed. 
It's about taking away from the educational experience and furthering the indoctrination experience, which is, of course, valueless. If my child comes to me and says, I'm gay, my answer is, okay. What, what, what else, what other answer is there? I'm not the excommunication type. It's not like you can't come home again. It's not how I roll. Maybe how other people roll, it's not how I roll. But the question is such low-hanging, pseudo-intellectual fruit. What are you going to do when your child uh, decides to be gay? First of all, not decides, you putz. Secondly, that has nothing to do with what's happening in schools, which is clearly wrong. Would have been better if they had circled the word inclusivity? You think these people actually believe in inclusion? You think these woke teachers actually give a damn about inclusion? When you want to know the answer to that question, here's the question you must ask yourself. When they say inclusion, do they include me? Me, Tony Katz, do they include me? And when the answer is, oh, hell no, well, then you realize that they don't actually believe in inclusion. They don't believe in it. They absolutely, positively do not believe it. They believe in what they decide is inclusion, not you. They decide what they uh, uh, view as uh, as um, connectivity or, or, or diversity, uh, not you. Oh, you're not diverse. They're diverse, and they know what diverse is. You don't get included because you're not, you're not good enough to be diverse. You have to think like they do in order to be diverse. Ah, okay. That's, that sounds like a cult. And I'm not interested, and not only am I not interested in being in it, I am not interested in my children being around it or near it. So it was a, it was a tweet that, that required a, a bit of response. A, a tweet of ignorance and, and a foolhardiness and uh, a nonsense. That has nothing to do with the subject at hand. English classes should teach English and not wokeness. John Stewart has gone fully woke when he should be applauded for work he wants to do for veterans. He does not bring it right. And in this latest, he got it horrifically wrong. The honoring of the PACT Act. I'll break that down for you. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. steps of the Capitol. And again, veterans have been sleeping here to try to keep the focus on this, Jose. One of the senators who was out here that I saw was Senator Rick Scott, who's one of the 25 Republicans that flipped their vote. When you spoke with him yesterday, he seemed to say that he was on board for this. I mean, did you get any sense from him of what changed? Because you're right, the, the mechanics of no. this didn't. We still don't know why this happened, honestly. Like, we've heard so many different things. One thing we heard was they were promised two amendments, and that didn't happen. 
one thing we heard was mandatory was changed to discretionary, but that's just factually incorrect. Uh, another thing we heard was they were angry that some other bill had gotten pat that snuck around. You know, we can't get a straight answer of what the path forward is. So the last I heard was they've offered the amendments. The amendments that were demanded have been offered. That was John Stewart talking about the Honoring Our Pact Act. It's it's taken on a life of its own, uh, as John Stewart has taken on a life of his own. A guy who literally controlled the news cycle for over a decade, who's moved himself into a bit more of activism, and has, through his activism and through his new show on on uh, Apple TV, the problem with John Stewart, he always was a guy I didn't agree with politically, but at least could have a turn of phrase and a thought and idea that made you think. Now, it's just talking points for the sake of them, for the appeasement of the left. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Rob O'Donnell joins us right now. Uh, he is uh, the man behind Law Enforcement Today, one of the authors over there. You can also find him on uh, the, the Twitter box at O'Donnell underscore R, a retired New York City police officer, uh, did response and recovery on September 11th. You've worked with John Stewart, and I am not saying that you have in-depth knowledge into John, but you were there working on some of that legislation that would support first responders. So when he is out there talking, fighting for those police officers, fighting for um, uh, those in the military who were near and therefore breathing in things happening in burn pits in Iraq, uh, giving these the creating these health issues. Um, you don't you don't think that this is him trying to create opportunity. You believe these are subjects that are near and dear to the man's heart. Oh, great for having me, Tony. But yeah, absolutely. I've worked with John, met him several times, have have ate with him. Uh, we are polar opposites as far as politics go, but John gets passionate and focuses on the goal. The goal then was the 9-11 fund to treat and care for 9-11 first responders and the people around it. And that was his goal. And if you notice, then, he berated Democrat members of Congress during the hearing when they failed to show up. And that went public and viral at that time. And I think it's very much the same here. He wants what everybody wants, the care and, and recognition and the funding to take care of these soldiers that were subjected to these burn pits. And I think that's what he's focused on. I think he's giving bad talking points by the Democrats. But, you know, again, I think his mission is what everyone wants. And if you look at this bill just a week prior to this controversy, you know, it passed overwhelmingly. And then, you know, the sleight of hand was put in. Typical Democrat take advantage of a, a We'll get to the sleight of hand in a second. Let's take a step back. How would you describe what a burn pit is uh, to, to somebody? Basically, they dug huge trenches and got rid of all their chemicals, all their plastics, all their garbage, and, and they used JP6 uh, or 8 fuel, whatever they use for jets, to, uh, to uh, burn these toxic chemicals. You know, if you've ever burned a soda, a plastic soda bottle or, or something in the fire, you, you know what it is. You know, times that, times a thousand, and that's what these officers were subject to. 
So now here's where the sleight of hand conversation comes in. Something that Pat Toomey has been uh, discussing. Noah Rothman over Commentary Magazine has maybe the best breakdown of of this. That there was four hundred billion dollars that uh, that this bill would create spending for, but the spending looked to be non discretionary spending, which means. It could be spent anywhere on any subject and not necessarily on the military. And Toomey is saying, this is, this is madness. We're supposed to have $280 billion specifically devoted to veterans care. So what did happen between the, the, the passing, I think it was, in the House and what we saw in the Senate? And who's responsible for this change in methodology, which does change whether or not you'd vote for the legislation? My understanding, it was turned changed in the bill, the original bill. It was discretionary spending specifically targeted for this care and the research for the burn pits. Uh, somewhere in the past week between the House and the Democratic leadership in the Senate, that was changed to mandatory funding, which everyone looks at and says, well, great. Now the funding's just used for that. But what that does procedurally is it opens up that $400 billion in discretionary funding, goes back to the pool in a Democratic-controlled Congress to where they can use that wherever they want. So basically what, I, what my understanding is that the Democrats are saying, okay, you want your $400 billion for veteran care? Well, we want $800 billion now with 400 of that being discretionary to where we use wherever we want instead of just saying you know, $400 billion for veteran care. And that's where the discrepancy comes, uh, basically putting on unfunded mandate now uh, on Congress, trying to keep a, a cap on the budget. Talking to Rob O'Donnell, you can find his work at lawenforcementtoday.com. Uh, so it's really a twofer. Not only is it about a creation of more spending, uh, but as you're describing it, but it's about not having the spending being in the proper place. When this got voted down, uh, John Stewart lost his ever-loving mind. He lost his head. Parliamentary blankery, uh, effery is what he called it. How these mother blankers sit in the air conditioning walled off from conflicts where they send uh, uh, American troops, calling it cruelty. Um, and but he only went after Republicans. And so this is now a, a you know you talk about him going after Democrats on on an earlier subject a few years back. It seems that he is different, and, and it, look, it happens, and people do indeed change, and not always uh, for, for the better. But what's clear here is that if you're going to be upset with something not getting passed, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with having real angst and anger, but it has to be uh, positioned towards the right people, and it sure as hell doesn't think that John Stewart doesn't look like, I should say, uh, that John Stewart is positioning his anger towards the right folk. No, no, I, I think it's the process you should be angry at, uh, that, that something like this sleight of hand could actually even need to be done, even be considered in a bill like this. You know, why isn't this a standalone bill with funding dedicated to it that has no other bells or whistles attached to it? That's what he should be screaming about, and that's Congress in total. And this is constantly done. You know, with the 9-11 bill, when he got passionate about that, it was because it was an unfunded mandate. And that's why some Republicans, who I got angry with being a 9-11 survivor, who, who needs this care. You know, friends of mine that I work side by side with are dying today because of what happened at 9-11. Uh, I, I was very angry at the, you know, Rand Paul and Republicans that, that voted against it. I understand why they voted against it, looking at it. But the passion in me says, hey, we're dying and we need this help. Let's just get it done. 
I think that's where it's coming from. Every 9-11, John Stewart comes and visits with us. He visits precincts. He visits the tunnels with the Port Authority police. And, and he knows the political uh, conservatives around him. It's the polar opposite of him. He puts that aside. He's there to support 9-11 first responders and survivors and the guys who do the job now. And I think he's doing that same thing with the military. Again, politics-wise, we're polar opposites. Does he take stances? that are just totally against what I believe, absolutely. But here, I think he's focused solely on the tunnel vision of getting this care for these troops. Before I let you go, um, is is there talk, have you uh, heard talk of uh, how this uh, can get cleaned up so it, it comes back to life? Or is it just, hey, how much, how much heat can we put on Republicans for actually being right about the spending issues that are in this legislation? Well, this is used by the Democrats all the time. This, this bill will pass. The Republicans overwhelmingly voted for it just a week ago. Uh, the same Republicans that are now procedurally voting against it because of this, what was put into it. It'll be worked out. This bill will pass. It's just, you know, if the Democrats can make the Republicans look bad for voting down a bill that benefit our veterans, they're going to do it. They're going to take as much media attention as they can for it. And then this bill will get passed in the, in the end run. And that's what I think will happen. Rob O'Donnell, you can find uh, the man, uh, if you like, you can find him uh, on, on the Twitter box there. And so you should, uh, well, it's, it's R O'Donnell, is it O'Donnell underscore R, right? Correct, correct. Ah, you see, see, that's, you, know, you made it tricky, but I figured it out. And then, of course, you can go to lawenforcementtoday.com. Rob, always a pleasure. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Manchin wants you to believe that the deal he has struck with Schumer for the Democrats to move forward on regarding tax and spend isn't going to hurt inflation. He's desperate to tell you that there's no way this is going to hurt inflation. Are you saying that Mitch McConnell and others in the Senate are wrong about those numbers and that Americans' taxes are not going to go up totally beyond wrong. that point? Totally, absolutely wrong. Totally wrong. And here's the thing. Right. They're looking well, at it through political lenses. Look at it through the American I'm lens. I'm just asking Look questions. I'm, I'm just answering questions. Okay. I want to answer these questions because what you're asking and the facts you have are completely wrong. Well, you guys are in the same chamber, so it'll be interesting when you finally get to the, you know, to, to stir in the stew here what it's really going to be like. The question, of course, is whether or not his plan raises taxes. Because the deal was, you're not going to see tax, according to Biden, under $400,000 a year. No, you're not going to see any tax increases. According to the two, uh, a report, uh, a series of reports out there, including uh, CNBC, Biden promises no new taxes on anyone making less than $400,000. Experts doubt he can keep that pledge. That goes back to April of 2021. Now you take a look at this plan that it would raise taxes. For everyone making over $30,000 a year. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of people. The Nonpartisan Joint Committee on Taxation estimates that the Schumer Mansion bill will hit Americans in every income bracket with more than half of the tax increases on people making less than 400000 a year. Well, if it's people who are making over thirty, then it's clearly people making less than 400000 Which means Biden lied. And yes, this thing raises taxes. This thing also adds to inflationary pressure. Because it does. 
This was Peter Ducey asking the question to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the press secretary. He promised it wasn't going to make, it wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year, but the Joint Committee on Taxation says that is not true. Well, that is incorrect. So the Joint Committee on Taxation, which you guys heralded as a, an effective body when you were selling that infrastructure package, is not to be trusted here. I said it is not correct because I will give you why it's not correct, because it is incorrect. Let's not listen. Let's not let's not kid ourselves with Corinne Jean-Pierre telling us why something is incorrect. She's got her own issues. I really need them. And so if you think about the 737,000 uh, plus that we have put out. She has a little trouble sometimes there from the from the podium. The same people who want to tell you that a recession is not a recession now want to tell you that a tax increase isn't a tax increase. Of course it's a tax increase. Of course there are tax increases. Of course the spending increases inflationary pressure, making things more difficult on the American people. It just does. Manchin is just wrong in this conversation. His deal is not a deal. I am still confused as to why he thought this deal was necessary. I'm telling you, I I don't know why he moved forward with this. And there's still no word on what Senator Sinema is going to do, because Kirsten Sinema, Democrat from Arizona, said if you touch carried interest, the idea of how certain people make money and how they how it gets categorized as a capital gain or as a as regular income because regular income gets taxed more. Um, she wasn't going to touch that. She wouldn't vote for anything that changed carried income. So I don't know where she is. And remember, this is a reconciliation bill, so you don't need to go through cloture. You don't need sixty votes to close out the debate. You can do this with a simple majority, fifty in the tiebreaker from the vice president. It's all you need. They don't. Uh, They don't have them. They do not yet have the votes. Oh, I got to play it? Really? All right. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. (laughs) You're going to need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. Happy to do it. I mean, anything else I can play for you? Missed it by that much. See, I I got a bunch of them here. I mean, I got, I got a bunch of stuff. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. That's hot. I love cocaine. I could do this all day. I could do this all day long. Manchin is just, remember, not a conservative, not on the political right, and not somebody who uh, doesn't uh, not believe in the idea of you can spend a little more, especially if you're not calling it spending, but you're calling it what? Investment. If you're calling it investment, well then, I guess it's all fine. It's not all fine. It's not. And to say otherwise, well, that's just that's just nonsense. Just total nonsense. The Chinese ambassador still talking about Speaker Pelosi. 
Oh, angry people. As I said earlier, is the firm and the strong will of uh, the whole Chinese nation. So China's sovereignty cannot be infringed, and Chinese people cannot be humiliated, and the reunification of China cannot be stopped. Because Pelosi went. I mean, we'll get into more of it. We're going to talk more about it tomorrow after she's, she's done with the visit and did anything happen, what are ramifications, all of it. But Manchin, you picked the wrong week to do a deal with Schumer. Probably the wrong week for methamphetamines, too. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.